0: Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to start off by chit-chatting about the video that went up on the channel this week. There's some Apple News stuff that's of interest to talk about. There's just what's going on in Chris' world, Daily Tech World, so we'll hit that. I'm uh, going to save a little bit of the podcast for a philosophical thought. Sometimes I like to do that. And who knows what else we're going to talk about along the way but it should be a good one. I asked for some questions on Twitter, so we're gonna definitely cover those. Assuming anybody tweeted any, I think you did. I've been seeing them come in already and maybe we'll go over some comments. Now, just today, I put up a video called these new iPadOS 15 features will improve your productivity. And it's true, the features that are covered, they are good for productivity, at least from my standpoint. Now, within this video, uh, there's, It's kind of a demo. It's kind of a walkthrough. I kept the focus narrow. There are certain things that I didn't talk about, you know, like Apple Notes and the the new Quick Note feature. I didn't cover that in this video, even though it could be applicable, but I didn't want this to be a super, super, super long video. And also, I really felt like those, there's a couple subjects that just deserve their own video. So expect that video to come up soon with Quick Notes and the new Apple Notes features, which I'm really enjoying, really getting into that. The Quick Note thing, that's almost like my favorite thing in iPadOS 15. There was a couple cool little tips in this video that, you know, hopefully people caught on to. It wasn't just like, hey, these features exist. You guys know I don't like to just be a reporter. Uh, One of the cool things that I pointed out which, you know, no one told me about. It's just when you play around with the beta long enough, you're going to find some stuff that you just randomly run into. And one of those things was the new keyboard shortcuts bar. So when you are just sitting there, you know, working with some text or something, get your cursor going on the screen, that bar that appears with some word suggestions and some other buttons, that's been redesigned. It's a little bit shorter. It's more compact, but uh, I talked about that a little. But one of the things that I showed was that you can uh, tap on it, hold, and drag it. Drag it around. So it's kind of like the Apple Pencil, you know, uh, toolbar that has all your color palettes and, you know, select from the different tools for your Apple Pencil. If you tap and hold on that, you can move it around. So you can stash it in a corner or you can, you know, switch uh, what area of the screen it's on. Same thing with this keyboard shortcuts uh, toolbar, which is cool because, number one, the redesign made it not take up so much of the space. Screen, which is really good. That's very nice because, dang, in the previous versions of iPad OS, when that covered up something that you needed to see, <laughs> that could be really frustrating. So, just you know, having a smaller, more compact design in itself was cool, but that was unexpected for me to find that you could drag that around uh, and and minimize it as well. So, go watch. There's some there's some good stuff on there. I will say, <laughs> the uh, the thumbnail was kind of funny. It's just like at the end of so, sometimes the thumbnails lately have just been like, hey, you know, pose, make some faces for the camera. And I didn't used to do that. I used to be more focused on just like taking a real product shot and trying to make it look really good and appealing. And over the months, people have been convincing me like, you know, put your face in it because that's part of the brand. And there might be a hundred different videos on a subject and it could be a deciding factor what if someone clicks or not because they see your face and they're like, Oh, I want that take on it. Cause I'm familiar with it. That's the video for me right now versus 50 or 60 other videos that just are nice, good looking, you know, product shots, but fairly generic in that sense. So you look at the thumbnail and if you don't look too closely, you might think, Oh, that's totally natural. But if you look a little closer, you got to look pretty close. In fact, I don't even know how you would do this. Maybe you take a screenshot and zoom in on it or something. But it's a real quick Photoshop job because the screen that you're seeing is not the screen that was on the iPad, uh, but it's a screen that, well, for several reasons here, right? The iPad uh, didn't, it wasn't in focus when the key, so basically what I was doing, this wasn't like a photo, right? I leave the camera on when I'm done with the video. And then I just make some funny faces, get the microphone out of the shot and whatever. And then I go through and I pick a frame that seems like a decent frame. And sometimes I can just, you know, uh, put it in Photoshop, make it the right dimensions and kind of uh, compress it a little bit. So it's under two megs to uh, be able to be used on YouTube. But usually it requires some kind of little help uh, to, to make it uh, workable. But in this case, the iPad wasn't in focus. But the face was because the Sony cameras, of course, focus on your eyes. And anyways, so I I couldn't just use this shot like straight up. And so I took a screenshot and I airdropped it over to the Mac from the iPad. And then I I kind of that screenshot, of course, which is funny, even though the iPad has those rounded edges, the rounded corners on the screen, rounded edges, it's got those rounded corners. But when you take a screenshot, you get just an actual corner. With the sharp point there. And so, you know, that didn't work. That didn't look good. I was short on time. So I couldn't just do a paste into uh, in Photoshop. I don't know how familiar you are with Photoshop and and the various graphics editing tools. But uh, sometimes you can just select an area and then it gets those marching ants, those dots that move around it and you can paste something that you've copied into that area. And sometimes it's just straightforward. Uh, It depends on how the picture was taken and all this stuff. And you can just like replace the screen really easily like that. But because the angle, because the reflections, the lighting, it just wasn't going to happen here. And so um, I kind of just warped everything to to fit it. Long story short, the corners are like (laughs) really jagged kind of. (laughs) Uh, It's cracking me up because Really, nobody would notice, but I know uh, how quickly I went through this and did it. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to affect anything. You know, it, it gets the point across, hey, this is an OS 14. And look, I'm excited about it. And people do come for the enthusiasm, I think. So, yeah, um, it's an interesting thumbnail there. But this was the video that felt like it was never going to happen. There was only one video that went up this week. And you'll notice I'm taking some time out. I'm carving some time out. To, to do a podcast, even though I feel a little bit behind, like I should have gotten another video out because iPadOS isn't the only thing that debuted with a public beta. Uh, so I could still have made uh, an iOS video or macOS video, uh, you know, all kinds of videos. But I'm making time for the podcast because it's important to me. It's important to you guys too. I know there's people who are like, I, I like this version of Chris the best even, better than on video, or, you know, it just feels like something extra. So anyways, I'm, I'm putting in the time. I'm prioritizing, but I got started making another video, which is going to be an in-depth walkthrough of one of, maybe one of my favorite apps ever. And so I kind of got started with that. I was outlining it. I was finding all the tips and things that I wanted to feature. And then I got wind of uh, the fact that the beta was going to be dropping maybe in like a day. And so then I kind of had to drop everything and uh, head in that new direction. And then it was like, okay, How do i accumulate i wasn't expecting it to hit just all of a sudden i thought i had a little more time and so anyway it was like how do i accumulate the things that i actually want to talk about in this video without glossing over some stuff and it always takes me a little bit of time to actually position something you know like this but i came up with the idea to focus on that productivity side of things because i know a lot of people are just going to cover everything out there and that's totally cool like man jeff benjamin's take on stuff where he's super thorough and comprehensive that is really great I couldn't even do that, but I watch his videos too and uh, learn some stuff from there. I haven't watched any uh, for this current round because I've been too busy myself, but really appreciate that kind of video and especially the way Jeff does it. So anyways, I was behind a little bit anyways, just right out of the gate. But then uh, this one was a multi-cam shoot and I usually have two angles, told you guys about that. One's a wide angle, one's kind of the zoomed in on the face. Well, the wide angle... The, the card, the SD card got corrupted for some reason. actually, I think I know what it was. I forgot to hit the stop button, the you know stop recording button. And instead I just turned the camera off. Well, guess what? And I've done that before many times with no problems. <laughs> but in this instance, that ruined the file on that card, I think. And so I was left with, I don't know, 40% of the video or 30% of the video at least where I'm looking at this, non-existent camera angle. And then, you know, when something goes wrong, do you ever get that feeling where you're just like, "Uh, it's just almost too much work to figure out what am I going to do now? Because I don't want to go back and reshoot it. That's going to be awful. And plus, I already gave it my best. You know, I put everything into it this first time. So that wasn't really an option. Figured I needed to find some way to salvage it. And I couldn't just use the other shot because it was very clear that I wasn't looking at the camera. And it bothered me. My wife is like, you know, people won't really notice that much, but mm, I just couldn't do that. So I ended up uh, taking some photos and you see those interspersed throughout the video. They're just still photos of some of the features so that as I'm talking about them and there's no motion, so it's fine. Most people probably won't even be like, oh, that's a photo. But uh, I took a bunch of those, but that required me going back, looking at the script and unexpectedly having to make a shot list of stuff. And I also simultaneously while I was doing that had a, a another camera going at a different angle. And those are the angles that you see of the iPad on my desk, uh, because this wasn't going to have any extra B roll other than what was just happening at the desk, what I was experiencing live and in person there. So I had all of that going on, but even that wasn't the, the last thing getting in the way and making this video go even slower. So by the time the public betas were announced, my video was not ready to go, which was frustrating But I felt like, you know, the information that I was putting in my take, it was a different angle than probably what everyone else's was going to end up being, or what was already out there anyways, just having this productivity focus. But we're dealing with betas here. And I was technically running uh, the developer beta two when I was shooting this, even though, um, you know, because the public beta wasn't quite out yet. And so betas being betas, betas have bugs, and the bugs struck, they hit, I was recording the screen, which is just something I consider like another angle, right? It's just like another camera angle, basically. It's just digital. And by the way, did you guys know that you can, did I talk about this already? I feel like I'm telling everyone I know about it because I just found out about it. But if you uh, swipe down in control center, and this works with your phone too, and long press on the screen record button, there's some, a place where you can turn on the microphone. What? Uh, so I finally realized that I could do that because I've been syncing my files without sound, which is way harder, uh, doing all kinds of goofy things, like giving myself a countdown, like on the other cameras, three, two, one, now, now, now sync it right now. And, uh, so that I can actually know when to start that sync or get everything going in post. But anyways, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes into the video, uh, I got the black screen to death on the iPad all of a sudden. Now this isn't my normal iPad, right? I have my iPad, this was uh, one of my review samples that I loaded up the beta software on. And people ask me all the time, is it is it stable enough to get the beta, even the public beta? Well, you have to realize it's pretty stable, oftentimes impressively so, not always impressively, but it's, you know, pretty in- impressively stable. But there are bugs, and the question I can't answer for you when you ask me that is, <laughs> are those bugs gonna be critical for you and your type of work and your apps and workflow. Uh, sometimes it's something in the first version of the beta, it was like getting up and, and just tapping into um, the URL bar on in Safari and it would just close Safari. And it was just, it was like a feedback loop. I just couldn't get out of that loop and I couldn't do any kind of web surfing, you know? So, uh, and that didn't get fixed till the next beta version because people report the bugs and, and the testing continues. And then those get fixed by the engineers. and. That's why there's a beta period, right? And you don't just get the software the day it's announced. So the bug for me was I got the black screen of death and I didn't realize, you know, you know, when it turns off, this is on my iPad, went black and then it got the little white spinny little thing going and then whoop, it was back on the lock screen. Uh, but I didn't realize that it quit recording until on like another five or 10 minutes down the road. And I was like, oh, it, I'm pretty sure this is one of the things when I consider (laughs) hiring an editor is like, do I want somebody who, you know, sees (laughs) the real side of Chris (laughs) when the camera's just rolling? The stuff that I would normally not uh, worry about, you know, just cut out. But I'm sure there's some funny things that happen when I realize things like this uh, and funny reactions. Either that, it would make a great blooper channel. I don't know. So uh, I got that going again, and this is—I guess—that was all happening before I even realized that the other camera angle wasn't going to work because I didn't realize that until I import. And, anyways, throughout the video, it happened like two or three more times. So that just meant that it was extra annoying to go in and sync that uh, camera angle in Final Cut Pro, uh, you know, like four times or whatever. By the end of the video, so yeah, it was—it uh, was just one of those videos that was just destined to be slow. And before we get into the Apple topics, can I just say, uh, I've been thinking a little bit this week about, <laughs> I'm just keeping it on the subject of YouTube, right? I see these reviews, it's usually a review, and the title is something like, uh, whatever review, or the honest truth, or real review. And do you guys ever think like, I know everyone's out there competing for the views, right? And it's a harsh, l- brutal little world that creators exist in competing with each other. And then this gets into blue ocean strategy. Did you guys ever read that book? It's from Harvard Press. Uh, this That's old now, man. That's a classic. I'm dating myself here. But the strategy is like, don't compete in the red ocean where all the sharks are competing for stuff. You know why it's red. But go find the blue ocean. And which is a different market where nobody's competing. It's blue, it's not red. <laughs> so <laughs> these, I feel like these are the people with the titles that are competing in that red ocean there, and they're like, real review. Because do they understand, you know? And I'm not putting anybody down, right? There's some really talented creators that I've seen using this formula. It's just, I wonder, if I was naming that, I'd be like, well, what does that say about my other videos then? You know, and what are you saying about other people's videos too? The real review, the honest review. Well, isn't every review you do honest or real? You know, <laughs> it's an interesting tactic. It kind of bugs me, just honestly, unless you've got some kind of uh, uh, a gotcha, Katya, like, like, man, uh, I'm, I'm revealing some crazy truth here, but that's never what it is. It's always just somebody's actual normal opinion, like always. So uh, I flagged a couple of interesting uh, news-related articles that I wanted to chat about. One of them has to do with my pinned tweet. Now, I know you're not familiar enough with my Twitter account, my personal Twitter. Uh, Well, it's not, you know, it's my Twitter account. It's not my personal, it's the business, whatever. I have a pinned tweet right now. I pinned it, uh, or at least I wrote it, probably pinned it the same day, on 9-19-2020. So it's been out there for a little while. All it says is this, hear me out now colon 15 inch iPad pro 17 inch iPad pro 27 inch iPad pro that's the tweet it's currently got 1,000 hearts it's been retweeted several times lots of comments and as far as I know I'm pretty early to the concept of wanting requesting wishing for a bigger iPad but then all of a sudden this week I'm noticing lots of chatter on social media, in the news, on the blogs, talking about uh, maybe Apple's looking at making a bigger iPad. And actually, uh, I had a blogger who uh, must follow, and they DM'd me, and they are like, hey, your tweet's gonna age pretty well if this turns out to be the deal. And so, anyways, I saw uh, lots of people were talking about it. I just happened to click on Daring Fireball, uh, who had this to say about it. Uh, He said, Mark Gurman, in the premiere edition of his newsletter for Bloomberg called Power On, says, blah, 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 he's been writing on the iPad Pro, which made him realize uh, that he actually wants a bigger iPad Pro, something like a 14 or a 16-inch, because he's used to a 16-inch MacBook Pro, but then even the 12.9-inch iPad Pro seems too small for him. And he's like, it's not just me, it's other people too. In fact, he knows of some Apple engineers and designers who are exploring larger iPads that could hit stores in a couple of years just down the road, at the earliest, but then uh, Daring Fireball, which is John Gruber says, as for the bigger iPads, would a six inch iPad still be hand holdable? If not, would it be a true laptop enclosure or could they make it hand holdable by making it even thinner? Now this doesn't uh, fully encapsulate where I was going. So his thoughts are a little bit different than mine. He's saying, well, how's it gonna be hand holdable basically? And see what I'm thinking is, there could be a class of iPad that should just be bigger that more or less is just gonna be on your desk. That's what I'm thinking. Now, yeah, 17 and above, that's kind of what I'm thinking. A 15 inch or 16 inch, 14, 15, 16, maybe that's still hand-holdable. And if so, fine, maybe you you got a 16 inch MacBook Pro, you could still stash a 14, 15, 16 inch iPad Pro in your backpack or your messenger bag or something and take it with it, cool. But I actually I think I would be interested in a desktop only iPad. And what's the big deal here? Uh, it requires a little bit of a of a broadening or a rethinking of that you know tablet concept or term because absolutely people just think of that as something that's portable. Uh, I understand, but uh, you know a tablet is something that's touchable. Apple's not going to bring that we know of anytime soon. Touch to the Mac. So why not? Why not have a giant iPad that lives on your desk? It's basically the size of a big old monitor, right? 27-inch monitor, we're all used to that. I mean, even a 24, you know, like the new iMacs. Give me that. I'll stick it on the desk and use it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, And I think that it'd be very usable. And I don't know, I don't know. I'm just, that was my thought. It doesn't have to be (laughs) hand-holdable. Somebody, I'm looking at the comments from this pin thing. Someone said, 27-inch iPad Pro, WTH, uh, Canoopsie actually responded. He said, everything should be an iPad Pro. Somebody said, are they even iPads at that point? <laughs> Somebody said, pricey AF though, just saying. Somebody said, Wacom has entered the chat, uh, but they haven't because it's not the same. Yeah, 27 inch, how do you handle that? And I said, desk size. So people just, they don't think of the iPad like that, but I'm thinking like that. And maybe, you know, I predict within the next decade, of course, we're gonna have a giant iPad, giant somebody uh, went to the trouble of Photoshopping a desk with uh, something that says introducing the iPad Pro Max with some tiny little hands and the iPad's laying down uh, on the screen. I'm thinking propped up, more like Microsoft Surface, the giant one. I just wanted full credit for being ahead of the curve. That's the whole reason for this conversation. I'm, I'm that petty. I just wanted that credit. Here's something else. It looks like Xbox Cloud Gaming, finally, just today, actually, I'm recording this on Thursday, so you'll hear about it on Friday, so it was yesterday for you, time travel, became available for anybody to try. So it's still in beta, but you can try it out. What does that mean? It means you have access to like 100 games, console-style games, quality games, that you can stream in the cloud. So basically that whole uh, Google Stadia concept type of thing. But you don't have to have an Xbox, and you can stream it onto your phone or your iPad. This is cool. This is something... You know, like this is the kind of games that a lot of people want that Apple Arcade doesn't really have, doesn't deliver on. So it's cool that you can actually see this. Of course, Apple was not interested in bringing this over, which is why these types of things have to be developed uh, to work through Safari. But, uh, you know, just full disclosure, I haven't tried it yet. I keep talking about it. I want to, but the beta was closed. Sometimes I I feel like uh, in the old days I could reach out, and because I had a, a larger, earlier Twitter following than a lot of people, you could just tweet and it was like instant clout. And I could be like, Hey, can I hop on this beta? And it was just like, boom, whoever it was, they would do it. This is a whole nother subject. Let me, let me jump ship on this topic and I'll come back because man, in the old days, uh, I could be at a hotel. I complain about something and <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> and tweet a chain or something. I don't know how long ago, at least like eight years or something and twitter was newer then and people were like oh they don't want the bad publicity and i had a decent amount of followers i don't know how much but less though back then and man i ended up with all kinds of stuff uh i don't want to say i abused my privileges or the system but you know sometimes when something was really rotten like at a hotel i complained and i ended up getting in the president's suite in the old days twitter would get you places these days though, <laughs> no, not so much. So I couldn't tweet my way into this beta. Unfortunately, I don't really have any contacts at Microsoft. I guess the closest that I would have come would be like HP through uh, a social media agency or something, which is not the same at all. So I've just been having to wait on this kind of a thing just like everybody else, but you can check it out. You can go to xbox.com slash play and get yourself signed up. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Really, the only things that I really like on Xbox at the moment are number one, Halo. I like that franchise a lot. Brings back memories. And honestly, I haven't played the last couple versions. <laughs> so it could be total junk right now. And I wouldn't even know. I'd be oblivious. And people could be like, ooh, Chris is out of date. But I don't know. The other thing would be Forza Horizon. I, I like that series a lot. That's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, anything else uh, I just haven't been super into because I don't have a lot of time for, for exploring that over the last decade. But still, this uh, it, it makes me interested. Something else that's interesting is that YouTube is finally bringing picture-in-picture to iPhones and iPads. You might be like, wait, I thought we kind of had that already. Well, we had picture-in-picture for some video, but this is new though. And premium subscribers are gonna get it first and then it's gonna roll out to everybody. By the way, can I just say, I've been a premium subscriber for a long time since this is like a big part of my business, right? The, the lion's share of my business. I couldn't be on YouTube previewing my videos and other videos with all the ads. I just couldn't do it. I don't watch any of the premium content, to be honest. But the ads, it was worth it for me to pay to cut out those ads. Now I'm gonna get myself in hot water here because that's exactly the gripe people have with channels like mine where we have a sponsor that somebody can't cut out. Some people are like, hey, I pay for premium, so I don't get ads. I'm never watching your channel again uh, if we have a sponsor, you know. But I'm not going to get into this whole debate right now. (laughs) Yes, I am. The channel couldn't exist without those sponsors. So what do you want? Do you want the information or don't you? Also, you're not paying me enough uh, or directly. And I know you wouldn't want to, the people that have that complaint. So... So here's the deal though. Apple added support for picture-in-picture way back in iOS 9. Can you believe it's been that long? And it came to iPhones with iOS 14. Now, the YouTube support for that has been, as The Verge says, kind of spotty. So it works for the iPad if you're using Safari, which is, you know, who does that? You don't do that on purpose. You download the YouTube app and that's how you YouTube. (laughs) You don't go to Safari and do it unless something automatically kicks you out like a link. That's the worst. But even iPhone users, they've only had access to that feature just every now and then. Why? I don't know why, you know, all the details, why it's been so annoying. But finally, it's going to be fixed. It's just going to work. And of course, that means you're going to be able to multitask a little bit better. Or as I said in this video, what I do is I like to monotask using multiple apps, work on one thing. it takes me multiple apps to do it to accomplish it but sometimes it'd be nice to have that video not just the audio playing in the background but to be able to see it while I'm also making some notes doing some research for instance I would like that work that workflow so finally is what I can say about this let me talk a little bit about the business so in this last week or two we had an interesting offer come through and we had a company uh, who's mm, not like a Fortune 500 company, but not also uh, a teeny tiny company working out of a WeWork either. And uh, they were like, hey, we kind of have this pro- proposal for you. Can you, you know, what, 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 what could you do for us in this department? And it was very open-ended, and we took some time. We thought about it. We were thoughtful. We were like, okay, well, mm, this would require actually a decent amount of work. Is it something we even want to do or, or could do, uh, without, you know, eating into our normal content. You guys know as podcast listeners, that's something I struggle with all the time, wanting to do more than I actually can do. So we thought about it and uh, we were like, okay, well, no, I think here's what we probably could do. And, uh, this company was like, we want to try something out for a year. And you can see I'm being a little bit vague because I'm not going to talk about this deal that hasn't even been done yet all the details and stuff uh, that may not even happen. But I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit behind the scenes of like, you know, what does someone like a Chris do on the business side of things sometimes? You know, what what is happening behind the scenes, behind just the videos that you see? And basically this company, um, they were sort of looking for like an ambassador, I guess, would be a, a good way to put it. And so not just a regular old sponsorship kind of a deal, but somebody who they could work with a little bit more closely. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm already saying more than I probably should, but needless to say, we're not talking about uh, a small amount of money or time. And um, this is the kind of thing that could very easily help push the channel into some exciting new directions. Not, not in a bad way. Like I could see if you're out there on the other end listening in your headphones or in your car, you're like, "Mm, I don't want daily tech to change. I just want it to stay the same. I I get that because, you know, I've watched a bunch of other channels too over the years, and it's weird. It's really weird when you get used to something a certain way to kind of an era of a channel. And we all know that channels really do have eras. And oftentimes that's easy to um, mark by surroundings, the spaces that they're in. When somebody is moving from their dorm room or a place that they have some roommates with or something. And all of a sudden, whoa, uh, no, they're in a a more professional uh, room and, uh, or, or they've clearly surrounded by more professional props and equipment or suddenly, you know, the cameras are looking a lot nicer or there's other people involved all of a sudden, you know, I remember very clearly the progression. Uh, I wasn't watching Marquez when he was at his parents' house. But you know, I caught up with him when he was, I think, I don't think it was a dorm room, but you know, it was like in his college time, and uh, he had some off-campus housing, I think, and had a roommate and stuff. But but he's in that little room, you know. We all know it had the bed, it had the desk, and he was often filming the phone, you know, against the window. Uh, and I can relate to that. Every YouTuber can relate to filming in that kind of a space. I remember when he suddenly was all of a sudden he had passed it, like a million subscribers and did a thank you video. And it seemed like it wasn't too far after that, when he was in that new studio space. And then he was talking about hiring somebody and it was like, Whoa, you know, on the one hand, it's like, this is cool. I'm really happy for Marquez. Awesome. But on the other hand, it's like, man, you know, I kind of miss the, I, you know, people just don't like change the change averse. verse. And uh, turned out to obviously be a, a really great move from uh, Marquez. And let's see, uh, we can all probably remember like Lou in this space too, uh, going from shooting in his like closet or in his basement, doing that gummy bear video. I don't know who remembers that to doing uh, all kinds of like little podcasts and stuff in what looked like maybe a basement uh, to doing his fanboy rap to I don't know. I can probably think of like three different loose studios. And then he moved into that studio that kind of had the blue walls and he did a Starbucks interview in there. Uh, and that was the unbox therapy that I think a lot of people really remember. And then he moved into his next huge studio. And all the while, I think the fans are, are rooting for somebody as they're progressing. But at the same time, all I'm just trying to say is things, uh, you know, there's eras and it's just, it does get a little bit weird and, and I understand. So so as I'm saying, what I'm saying is, probably along the way, um, these channels, uh, because, because think about it, all the big channels, they were at a certain point that you might be at if you're a creator, that smaller level, Everybody started with zero subscribers and hit a, a hundred and then a thousand and then a hundred thousand, then a million, you know, they were all there. And, and they had the same amount of money coming in that, the, that a channel would generate. And of course, different niches generate different amounts. You know, there's the same level of progression and probably somewhere along the way behind um, those big jumps, those moves, changes of scenery and pace, there were probably some deals kind of like the one that I'm describing to you right now which if this deal happens fine, if it doesn't great, I don't need it. Um, And you know, these kind of deals, I expect more and more to kind of come our way unexpectedly out of the blue, because that's just kind of the thing that we're building. We're, We're building something authentic and genuine and that people appreciate. And of course, if you can marry being able to make money while still providing real value to the audience, because honestly you guys, the audience, that is what matters the most. If you weren't watching, Then it would all be pointless. So take that relationship very seriously. But there was probably some kind of a deal uh, that those creators, I'm guessing, could point out, you know, that really was just rocket fuel for their rise. This could be one of those things, or or it could not. It's just a little bit weird, like for me to think about, man, on the one hand, I, I can't believe we're even proposing these types of numbers. That'd be crazy. And then it gets in your head, like, well, what can I do with this? What should I do with this? And of course I have lots of ideas and I know I talk about this a lot. I'm really getting to that point where I need to start hiring some people. It's just, I don't want to either. I'm a little bit change-averse sometimes too. Uh, okay, let's let's move on. Let's get a little bit random. Uh, you know, I like to throw all kinds of things into this show. It's just kind of a variety show. It's gonna be different really every week, but it's we're hanging out. That's how I view it. Just like some friends would we'll sit down and chat and talk. Here is the somewhat philosophical thing of the day, of the of the week, I guess. It has to do with, I saw this uh, quote, and I really, really liked it. It said, repetition becomes reputation. And I think I actually encountered this on Twitter. There's a really interesting account. You've probably seen it, visual something or other. And it always takes these interesting sayings like this and visualizes them somehow in a really minimalistic way that really drives the point home. Ah, I wish I could remember what that account was called, but but it was like, oh, wow. And it just so happens, it sounds really good going together. You got the alliteration and, and the two R words there, right? But, but I think it's really true, and it's worth pointing out and thinking about a little bit. Repetition becomes reputation. This is actually, I think, a lot deeper than it sounds because if you think about who are you, you're really the product of what you've repeatedly done because throughout your life, you change a little bit, uh, you know, from week to week and month to month, year to year, you're not the same person, you know, 10 years ago that you, you, you weren't the same person 10 years ago, say as you are today. And you won't be the same person in 10 years, really, you know, views change, you'll learn things, you get some experience. Oftentimes my wife and I are like, man, we didn't know anything when we were 20 And it's funny because I I, I personally, I wouldn't really want to go back. I'd like to have my body of being a 20 year old, but I wouldn't want to have the knowledge and experience back then because I really feel like I really didn't know all that much. Of course, I thought I knew everything. No, I've been through lots of experiences, both good and bad. But at the end of the day, a really interesting way, I think, and maybe one of the easier ways to quantify who you are is what you have repeatedly done. So when you look at somebody who's in really good shape, you know, you know they've made a commitment to eating well and exercising. They've repeatedly done those things and it shows. You couldn't really be fit and in shape if you didn't repeat those things over and over. Same goes for what I'm doing here on YouTube. You have to repeatedly make videos and upload them over and over and over and over and then you develop a reputation uh, and that is also how you develop your subscriber base. If you repeatedly read uh, every day, you're going to become really smart. I've been watching some Jeopardy because it's been on Netflix and it's, it's a thing, you know, the whole family can watch. And wow, number one, I realized I don't know nearly any trivia. <laughs> it's like, and sometimes when I know when, that I can answer something, I know I have to pause it because it's going to take me 10 seconds to think of the answer when the person on there is going to just buzz in and just say it like really quick. So if you sit there and just make time to accumulate knowledge, then you will develop a reputation as a knowledgeable person. But you're not going to get that without the repetition. No way. So I saw that. I've been thinking a lot about it all week and I just wanted to pass it on because it really hit me like, wow. Wow. Here's something kind of interesting, uh, very random, very different than what we normally talk about. But a long time ago, I sort of puttered around in, in a dark corner of the, the music industry. Now, when I say dark corner, I don't mean like uh, bad. I just mean it was uh, not anywhere near the mainstream side of the music industry. But I wanted to be in the music industry you know, experimented with music my whole life and, and kind of caught my entrepreneurial, well, let's just say the wind caught my entrepreneurial sails and got them going when I was in college. I don't know if you guys know this, but I never graduated college fully. I had one semester left. Um, I got married and I just decided it's, I'm gonna, you know, get working and get going. And I, I, it's not worth it to me to get this degree, which is a funny thing to say after being so close. In the dorm room. I came up with uh, what basically, what was it? It was like a design service for aspiring musicians. And I was going to build them websites for free at first. I started for free and I got some interesting people, met a lot of interesting people this way. Um, This is how I first realized that, you know what? There's basically nobody out of my orbit or reach. I've finagled my way into uh, interacting with and working with all kinds of people who previously I would have thought of as like, wow, unreachable or, or some kind of hero or icon. And this is kind of my first lesson. It's like, everybody needs something and I could be the one to provide that thing, you know? So I started putting together some win, win scenarios. And then of course the plan was to end up charging, but then I kind of shifted directions and um, started actually trying to create a music label and uh, played around with some different bands and stuff. I think I told you guys at some point I owned uh, a national music talent search competition, which sounds really impressive, but it, it was nowhere near as impressive. But there I was <laughs> judging these bands would pay to be in the competition. They'd travel to where I was and I was one of the judges uh, and giving feedback uh, that I probably had no business really giving. I still have some signed memorabilia. I bought a drum head for one of those and had all the bands sign it. It's kind of a my reminder of that time. But along the way though, I don't know what this was for. I, I've started so many different things from a long time ago because of course you learn as you go, right? And sometimes the thing that you end up doing is really influenced, that, that's successful, is really influenced by like a dozen failures <laughs> that weren't really failures because they've led to your ultimate success. But it's important to learn, to try, to fail. And I certainly have done my share of that. But somewhere along the way, uh, I ended up interviewing two really interesting people. I think this might, this may have been, um, the two people I'm going to talk about either for, uh, a freelance design blog that I started, which was my first blog ever is my first floor before I ended blogging, which would eventually lead to me getting into video stuff or daily tech, uh, the blog, which is not online anymore. So anyways, the two interesting people that I interviewed that I can remember right now, uh, that just, again, goes to show you there's nobody who's out of your reach or orbit. One was, the Pandora guy, the guy that started Pandora. His name is Tim Westergren. And I set up uh, an interview there and I just couldn't believe it that I got this interview uh, with him. And that was so fun. I was really into entrepreneurship and startups uh, back in the day. And I felt like, wow, I feel like I'm really getting to know people, number one, and getting some inside information. That was really exciting. And the other person was uh, Craig Newmark. Does that name ring a bell at all? Yes, no. He is the guy who started Craigslist. I guess the reason I bring this up, I, I tried to include something, uh, you know, motivational or inspirational sometimes in the podcast here, and you are not ever a nobody. You might currently not have a lot of connections or or direction in your life or your business life or, or whatever it is that you want to do, but you are not a nobody. If you're alive, if you're breathing, uh, there are things that you can do to make monumental leaps and bounds. And what you should do is start by thinking that nothing is out of the realm of possibility for you, right? Don't pre-limit yourself based on your current circumstances. I had said, and no one does this anymore, creates a a website for uh, a famous artist or somebody who has a lot of fans. But if I had said, no one's gonna pay me, an artist, to make their websites, you know? Well, yeah, I I never would have gotten started doing that. But instead I was like, I want to do that. How am I going to do it? Okay, I'll do some for free then because this is what I want to do. It comes down to your passion. And then you make those cold email, you know, pitches or the cold calls, whatever it takes. And you do it. You start from zero, but it can progress a lot faster than you think. Did I have any business, you know, reaching out to the PR people at Pandora or at uh, Craig's company? and asking for an interview, like who was I? owner of some obscure blog. I guess these days it might be like a TikTok channel or something or or whatever. Did I have any business? Most people probably would have said no, you know, but I have never been somebody uh, to just conventionally think, always think um, outside of the box. I hate that term. It's way overused, but I just reached out And I have no idea what those emails look like that I reached out with these days. I would really love to see them. And I'm sure that I reached out to several companies, I know I did, who I never heard back from. But nothing is impossible if you just try. If you care enough to try, you can make big, big things happen. And I see it all the time, even in my current world and business world. I've told you guys a story many, many times of working across the hall from this dude uh, who was like, I started Daily Tech as a blog and it took off, it was getting 100,000s of, of views and he was like, well, why is anyone listening about to, you, to what you have to say? Why do they care about what you have to say? Well, they did, right? If I'd listened to him, then I wouldn't be here right now. I never listened to the naysayers, right? I I always believe in myself and in what I can accomplish, even if I started from zero. So that's the lesson today. Okay, uh, I have a, a little... Well, I'm going to just going to call it a wife ad to, uh, to insert here. My wife uh, tends to be more into uh, environmental friendliness uh, than a lot of people. And uh, she does a good job of making sure that we're nice and friendly to the environment. And she has asked if I could let the podcast listeners know that there are some benefits to using recycled toilet paper. Is this something I would normally talk about? No, but it matters to her, so it matters to me, so I'm gonna bend your ear for 30 seconds, okay? Did you know that using recycled toilet paper prevents deforestation? It's true, since it doesn't use virgin trees. So you can grab some at a place like Trader Joe's, or Target has a brand, you can try 7th Generation, but she does feel that it's important for you to know that, and I have now notified you. Seriously, though, I mean, we use it, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it takes a little getting used to, I guess, but you can go to whogivesacrap.org. This is not sponsored by any of the brands that I'm mentioning. <laughs> this is just my wife saying, hey, mention it, so I am. Whogivesacrap.org, and you can find some brands that you like. They got some cool designs and stuff, uh, something that fits your budget, uh, catchy name, catchy website, so check it out, whogivesacrap.org org with <laughs> with that said let's check twitter let's see if there's uh, some questions that have come in al good old al says apple watch feature announced or unannounced that you would like to see most Hmm. well one thing that i keep wanting but maybe i don't really need uh is and maybe that's why it doesn't exist yet is i love being able to unlock my mac with my apple watch i think it'd be really cool to do that on the ipad like unlock the ipad with the apple watch you know, and now that I think about it, we have the unlock with a mask on feature for, uh, for your iPhone, for iOS. It just seems like we need to bring that to the iPad. Doesn't it? That's what I would really like to see. Other than that, I wouldn't mind it getting thinner. It does seem a little chunky these days. It always gets a little thicker and not a little thinner. And I kind of miss the apps. that, that used. There used to just be a lot of apps. And this isn't really something like a feature that's built in, but I do wish developers would spend more time making some apps for the Apple Watch. I know it feels really limited is is the feedback um, in terms of what someone can do there. But that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see more apps, like real apps, not just little tiny little complications. Victoria says, talk about some of your favorite MagSafe accessories or some new ones that are coming. Well, you know, I just made a couple of videos about some MagSafe accessories. One of my favorites is just that charger that I featured. Who was that from? That was from... Oh, it was from Mophie. It was the Snap Plus, I think. Is that what it's called, Snap Plus? It's just a little battery pack that magnets on to your iPhone, and it has a little button you turn it on. And it's nothing novel, but I find it really useful. I, I charge it up. I keep it on my Sateki multi-device charger up in the office. And, you know, if it's getting low on the iPhone or, you know, I've got a couple iPhones around. What I use is a dedicated video camera. I've told you that before. You know, if I just haven't charged it in a while, but I need to shoot or I need to do something, just boom smack that pack on and it is ready to go i found that super useful uh, here's an interesting question somebody says how much is enough for an ipad os update at what point are there too many changes at once well that is interesting and i think i understand the point behind the question it's like well when is you know good enough good enough stop messing with it because at any given time, there's probably so many features that people don't even know that are already there already that adding more is just gonna mean that all those features are just gonna get all the more buried. Maybe, is that kind of what we're saying? Or uh, maybe this person's just like, no, this is this is it, this is perfect, don't touch it. In either case, I think I could say, I know of a lot of people, and probably myself included, who would say, I am looking for more features and specific features For instance, I really want external display support, proper external display support. I've had some interesting conversations with people I can't tell you about, about that, um, but I'm pretty sure that Apple has heard my desire there and your desire, (laughs) uh, if I can say that. So, you know, there's so many ways to approach this. Apple's a company, Microsoft's a company, all these companies are companies, and in order to continue being useful, to make sales, they're going to have to make some changes. That's just the reality that we live in. But honestly, too, you know, if if they quit updating stuff, then the competition would number one catch up and number two surpass. That would just happen, and then uh, you know you wouldn't have an iPad anymore. Jose, he says, what's my favorite movie and what are some things that I like the most out of it? Greetings from Chile. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Jose. Hmm. You know, I haven't watched a ton of movies lately. I can say growing up, Star Wars, the, the original movies, you know, which were a generation before me. And then I guess starting with like the Phantom Menace that's so hated. You know, I, I grew up really liking the Star Wars movies and um, kind of still keep in touch with the Star Wars universe. Although I'm starting to like it less and less. I can say for a long time one of my favorite movies was you, me and Dupree. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that one, you know, it's not like a, a classic or anything. Uh, but for me it was a, it was a go-to funny comedy one. And I like a movie that makes me think I really don't like dark movies. If, if it's too dark, I, I just don't like that. I tend to be a really, uh, hopeful, optimistic person. If it's got a ton of gore, uh, I, you know, it's just like, why if it's gratuitous, it's like, why I I don't really like it, but action do like sci-fi do like, uh, let's look at a a couple of comments here and somebody says, wow, I just realized on iPadOS 15, the spatial audio works everywhere. Just watch this in spatial audio. And I felt like I was sitting with Chris on my AirPods pro edit. It's actually spatialized stereo, which is a little different because it does follow my iPad, which is so sick. Wow, cool! Um, I'm glad I fixed my mic setup then a little bit ago, so that it's uh, not some tinny, junky audio piping in. Uncle Manuel says we learn a little bit on every video. Like I didn't know the thing about long pressing the command button. Uh, by the way, is there an ETA for iPadOS 15? I'm glad that you guys learn a little bit with every video. Hopefully, you do because you know I I know that a lot of information is you know similar that gets covered maybe. I hope not 90%, but, but a high percentage, right? But it's that 10% that is unique or different where the real gems live. Uh, And so I, I do strive to put in, and and then of course comes down to like personality. But I really do try to put in that, that little extra bit of usefulness. And so I'm glad when I see this kind of feedback. Uh, in terms of iPadOS 15, I, I'm not sure the actual date, but it'll be fairly soon. I think this public beta may out, be out for about a month, maybe, before we see it. Uh, somebody said on the Beats Studio Buds review, What up? It's tricky. Said, This man's listening to no big deal. You've got taste, sir. Yes, indeed. If you know, you know. Uh, somebody says, I love Waterloo, too. In the new video, uh, I kind of talked a little bit and used Waterloo as an example. And not sponsored, but... Of all the sparkling waters, that tends to be my favorite because it has the strongest taste and it's the biggest slap of car- carbonation that you can find in a uh, water that I can find. Actually, Snazzy Q, I tweeted something about it one time. He's like, no, this other brand has it, but I can never find that brand, so I never tried it. But Waterloo is like my go-to uh, drink because, you know, like I say, if you've been watching on Instagram, on the Instagram stories, uh, coffee, I tend to try to cut it off after like two and then sometimes I'll switch to decaf. Uh, but other times, you know, like, I yeah, just stick with the water loose. That's like my go-to thing. I also really like iced tea, just straight up unsweetened iced tea. Somebody said, these are always more helpful and practical than Apple's own Keynote. Thanks for these. Keep it up. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know about that. But again, yeah, I, I do try to put out stuff that I find useful. The, the channel is always a reflection of me and the things that I'm interested in and, and it just turns out that there's a lot of people that are also also interested in that stuff too. Hey, Jackson Hayes comments. This was super helpful on the latest video. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jackson. If you don't know Jackson, um, check him out. Really talented uh, video maker and uh, just photographer, all kinds of stuff. Jackson Hayes on social media. Yes. Uh, somebody was saying, you said you could automatically trim out empty uh, spaces for the voicemail. You could have showed it. Uh, as the viewer, it would have been helpful but you just put some B roll. Yeah, you know, this is at the very end of the last video and I told you all the problems with this video <laughs> and uh, it just didn't happen that way. I, I wish that I could have included or, you know, I guess I could have gone to the trouble of reshooting that one little piece there, but it's at the end of the video. Um, you guys don't know. Most people drop out by like 60% of the video. You know, it's just the really diehard cool people that stick around to the very end usually. Um, the real, the true fans. And, um, you know, I'll just be honest. Like I knew that was at the very end of the video and I wanted to include that information. I didn't, I didn't take it out of the video because it was generally something cool to know that I don't think is going to get a lot of coverage. Um, the fact that you can trim out automatically kind of like you can with the podcast, any silent, um, spaces in between talking. And you can also set it, your, uh, voice memos to be two times speed, just like also in a podcast app. But yeah, I had some general B roll there. Um, of a voicemail thing, but I didn't show it actually trimming out. It's just a little button that you press. I mean, so I'm glad I left it in there. But yeah, um, that was me having uh, lots of things go wrong with this video and still just needing to get it out. And so yeah, I agree. It would have been cooler. Well, that I think is a pretty decent little episode here that we can cut off at. Uh, Hopefully you guys are really liking this. I do have some interesting things Um, I'm going to save for an upcoming podcast to talk about. Some potential changes for the business. Nothing to get scared about. (laughs) Just some good stuff. So anyways, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. And I'll catch you in the next video. Later.